Hey everybody, welcome back. This is going to be part two of the um, Rev Shmuel Arbach Zatzal book, part two of two. All right, so I'm resuming on page 284. Obviously, I don't think I'm doing justice to his life and to the book, but I'm trying to get your interest. Um, and again, I left off with a story where um, oh, he was, Rav Shmuel went to be Menachem Avel, and he told a uh, the woman that, um, you know, he had... Every day he goes home to four walls, but despite that he goes on. And she said back, you're an Adam Gadol, and so therefore you're different. And Rishmuel's response there was that if Hashem saw fit to give you this Nisayan, then you're an Isha Gadola. And she was very moved by that. And it's important to recognize that you know, the Rebbe Shalom sends all types of challenges our way, and he knows that we are great people and we could accomplish great things. So that's really, really important. Okay, so... Um, there was a story that his doctors advised him to take a vacation, and his gabai was very, very dedicated and told him, "Listen, Shmuel, you're not feeling well, and there's no more sun. You know, you're not. You can't be a sun. No more cedar kedushin, and you just need to rest." And he argued back with his gabai and said, "Rishol, please, I promise this avrich, and he really needs it. I need to be there." Um, anyway, finally he agreed. So he was on his way to Modini Elit. Um, and he was wearing his talis and tefillin to be a sandik, and he was studying from Zohar, immersing himself in his kedusha. And he gets pulled. And the the bucker was speeding, and they get pulled over. And basically, he tells him, he tells the cop that I have a very very chashu person. He tells him Ruf Arbach. He said he wasn't sure if the cop just saw him or, you know, recognized the name. But either way, he said, please just be careful with the rav, but keep going. I just want a bracha. And um, and he got the bracha. You you can take a take a look over there. It's an interesting story, but. You see, you see his mysterious nefesh to, um, you know, make sure that he provided for people even when he wasn't feeling well. There's a um, many people say that they hadn't seen somebody daven with so much kavana since the Chazanish. There are many people that said that about him as well, which is also really, really fascinating to watch him stand in front of Hashem and, and daven. And tefillah is a is a forgotten art. It's a it's a beautiful opportunity to connect in front of Hashem. And who knows how much power he got for what, the things that he did. Um, the, the Talmudim said that Rishmuel often would say that Shabbos is a great opportunity for spiritual growth. And he would quote that the Vilna Gon explained, the Gemara in Beit Zedaf, uh, 16a, that a person, just like a person has, so to speak, an unlimited budget for Shabbos expenses, Hashem says, you borrow for Shabbos, which the Mishabura says doesn't mean that you should just borrow indiscriminately with no intention of paying back, but it means that Hashem says, on Shabbos, I'll take care of you. So the Gra says that this is a remez, that you have unlimited, you have an unlimited budget of Siyat HaDashmai, what you could accomplish on Shabbos. There's many Makaras for this idea, but basically, when he was asked about where this Gra was, Rishmuel was evasive and wouldn't answer. And the Talmud even asked Rav Yitzhak Zulberman, who was his Chavrusa, who followed the Gra and everything he did, and he couldn't figure it out. He said it must be one of the Gros Kabbalistic writings. And a computer database actually was later looked, and it was found in the Gros um, Pirish on Tikkun Zohar. And also, by the way, it was brought down that, that Rishmuel, on Friday night, after he would learn um, Mishnayas from Taurus, and he would learn Tzafritz Nusa, the Gros Pirish Tzafritz Nusa, which is a big Kabbalistic saver. And Rishimon Florsheim, he also said that once he heard this, he always used to hear... Rishmuel say that Shabbos is a matnas kinam, it's a free gift from Hashem, and take 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 whatever spiritual growth you could get. And he never understood what exactly he was referring to, where he got that from, and now he understood where it was coming from. That Shabbos is a great day. <laughs> um, also, on page 
358, they bring down that where Shmuel used to write beautiful letters to his yeshiva, and they have a couple of them in here in the book, and he would just sign them Shmuel, you know, and usually, shlomchem very, very beautiful. Anyway, so one of the things that he wrote was a very fascinating thing. The Chazal say, Dear Hashem you should seek Hashem when he's when he's found, is, is the time of Saras Mechuva. And the, um, the, or Shmuel used to say that on Shabbos, that's the once a week that Hashem is even more Himatso. And he would say on Shabbos Chuva that, that this is the time where it's Himatso in the Himatso. Hashem is found in, in the time that he's found, uh, which is an amazing thing. And, and, you know, when you think about the amount of Chuva and thoughts about how to be a better person that Rashmuel had. It's, it's amazing, because he knew Kola Tarakula. And um, they talked about his Amkas, how much how much he delved into the Torah. This is actually one of my favorite stories in the entire Sefer. Very, very clustered story. I think it's brought down twice, but I'm on page uh, 408. This is, to me, one of the most beautiful and powerful stories. I was zokha to learn it and share it with my family over um, Shavuos, which I think is so relevant, so so beautiful. Um, so there's Yerushalmi Yid who, um, used to collect Judaica, and one of the most amazing things that he got hold of was a Kamea, an amulet written by Rav David Halevi, the, the famous Taz, uh, in the 1600s. And he had originally written it for one of his neighbors, was a woman who, her daughter was critically ill, and, um, and he wrote it for her. And, um, well, I'll tell you about the end of the story with, with, with that woman as well. And over the years, they have been used to bring a lot of Yeshua's for other sick people, etc., etc. So basically, the unspoken rule of Kimios, which is kind of a bummer, but it makes sense, is that once you open them, they lose their power because they seem to have had some tefillah in them, whether it's a, a tefillah of a Kabbalistic thing or it's very, it's Yadua that, for example, is not brought down in the book, but um, the Baal Shem Tov, he would write his name. That was his Kimia, it was his name. It was a tefillah. You know, please, Hashem, in Zuchus of my tefillah, please give a Yeshua to this person. So this, this Yerushalmi Yid was very, very curious as to what this Kamiya had inside. And he probably justified to himself that, like, it hadn't been used in a while, and he'll bring it to another Kabbalist, and maybe they'll copy it, etc., etc. Anyway, he was looking for what esoteric divine names or incantations were going to be in there. He finally, he so he pushed himself and he opened it. And it said the following note, and this is just mind-boggling. This is what the Taz wrote. Rebona Shalom, bring salvation to the bearer of this amulet in the merit of the toil that I invested in understanding the words of Tosis, Meseches Chulin, Daf Tzadivav. So Shmuel used to say, and he would tell over this, this story to many of us, Talmidim, that that's it. His achus and his amel satori, he must have shtaigd that day. And that, that's exactly what he captured. In, and that was the ultimate tefillah to Hashem. And Rav Ruhr Magalias, who is a brilliant, brilliant man in Eretz Yisrael, he told Rav Shmuel that that story is 100% true, and it's re- he found it recorded in the Pincus of that ledger of Krakow, and it says the girl that he first wrote it for lived to age 100. So that zechus of Daftzadi Tvav really, really carried it on, and that's the power of, of Amelos HaTorah, and that's what it is. That's that's the ultimate thing. It's Torah brings life, and Torah is the way, and and I I was zochet to share this with my family. Um, I, I think I said Shuas, I, I meant over Rosh Hashanah, and it was very, very powerful. Like, we, we, we ask Hashem for life. The, the Iker life is, is is a life of Torah. <laughs> um, very interesting story that um, on page 462, it talks about how whenever Shmuel was involved in any machlokas that was brewing, he would always tell people, only with Shalom, only with Shalom. And the only time that you saw him you know, being strong was when he felt that like there was no other way. But even that, there was always this, a seeking of Shalom. Um, I tell over a story about my dear Rebbe, um, Rosh Hashanah Grubenstein, that's all, who they met in Itri. 
Rev Elephant Zatzal, when he started the yeshiva of Itri, he wanted it to be a supermarket of all great minds. So he hired many, many different gedolim, literally. Zatzal, Rebezal Zatzal, many people know. Zatzal, and Rishmuel Orbach Zatzal, and uh, Rav Beryl Eichenstein Zatzal, Rav Asher Zali Rubenstein Zatzal, and they mamish produced Gedoli Yisrael, this yeshiva. So he was teaching in Itri in the, in the 1970s, and the yeshiva was in Talpiot. And um, both Rav Asher and Rav Shmuel, both that they they wanted to take a bus that would be um, the best for the Shmir Seinayim, whatever it is, Ayin Shem. So they both found each other on the same bus, and they used to learn together along the way. And Rav Asher was always a Talmud of the Panam Jarav, and Rav Chatzel Levinstein, where Rav Chatzel passed away in 1973, he, Asei Rav, he took Rav Shmuel as his Rebbe. Throughout, and throughout the rest of his life, he always followed Rav Shmuel. And I think I said this in the first part, but I'll say it anyway, that when I was in Yeshiva, Rav Shmuel used to be obsessed with the Hilcha Shabbos and Kira. I'll t- I'll, in fact, I'll even tell you something interesting that I learned. So there's a Shiloh right now going on about whether you're allowed to carry guns in a Mace Medrash. So um, there's a big machlugus between um, Rav Shmuel Zalman Arbach and, and Rav Yashiv, whether a gun is a klish malachal iser. There are other political aspects to it that I'm not getting into, but basically um, Rav Shmuel Zalman held that the purpose of a gun is to scare people. So therefore, the, that is its malacha, and there's no iser of holding it. And Rav Yashiv held the purpose of a gun is to shoot people. So therefore, uh, that's an iser because chovel on Shabbos is also you're allowed to kill. Now, if someone's saving their lives or protecting themselves, of course, they are allowed to shoot. But the point is just bringing a gun to shul in peaceful times, certainly, according to Rev. Um, Eliashev, that's all, it would be a problem because the gun is muksa, because it's a klishim al iser. The main thing that the gun is is to, is to kill people. And according to Rishmuel Zalman Arbach, it's, it's to deter people. There's a certain just holding it is. So Rishmuel actually was machriya between the two of them. And usually you would say, oh, he follows his father. He was a machmir. And all of, I always say, the Shemir Shabbos Kachasa is all of Rishmuel Zalman's heterim. And even some of the Chazanish's heterim. And Archa Shabbos is all of Rishmuel's um, chumras. But that's their Israel model. Anyway, so um, Rishmuel said that he agrees with both, meaning. He said that the icker deterrent of the gun is that it kills people. So both of them are right that, yes, it scares people because people see it. So that's true, like his father said. But it's be, they see it, and they know that it could kill someone. And so therefore, he, he sided with Rebel Yashiv that it was usher to hold. Again, I'm not posketing, you know, what that would look like in a shul or for protection. Or there are many, many heterim, and many people rely on Rishon Mazalman's um, heter as well. But anyone, everyone should ask their local Ralph. Okay, anyway, so um, this is a classic of usher. So... Um, and I and I, and I mock her tov to Rebetzin Rubenstein for telling over the story as well. Um, and in the book, it's quoted from her, four, page 476. So whenever Rav Usher would travel overseas, he would always make sure to get go to Rishmuel for a bracha and ask for permission to leave Eretz Yisrael. And one time, he was not able to um, reach him. He had gone to his house. He wasn't there. He had called. He was not able to reach him. He was upset because he was supposed to be leaving and he needed his bracha. And all of a sudden, the plane they were on was delayed and nobody could explain why. All of a, and while he was waiting, his phone rings and Rishmuel's there. He says, I know you were trying to get in touch with me. I give you a bracha. It should be a successful trip. And he got his rishas. Ravasher would always say, as soon as I hung up the phone, the captain gets on the PA system and says, we are now ready for takeoff. So Ravasher would say that when you follow your Rebbe and you follow Das Torah, Hashem makes things fall into place for you. Beautiful story. Um... There's a very famous story, page 491, that Rebbe Hanan Wasserman, that's all, when he was in America, he visited a childhood friend who was very wealthy, button factory owner, 
and he was trying to get money for Brano's yeshiva. But then he saw the man's business was open on Shabbos, so he switched gears, and he didn't ask for money. Maybe he held, didn't want money from them, but he told him, so the guy said, why are you here? He said, I came to replace my button on my overcoats. Could you help me? So the man promptly took the coat and said, yeah, of course. Then Rebbe disappeared from sight, and the man said, this doesn't make sense. You didn't. It's ludicrous to think that you came all the way from Poland for a few buttons. Tell me the real reason. So Rebbe said to him, you remember the Gemara in Chagiga? Yud Gimel It says, uh, we learned together as children, and it talked about the vast distance from Hashem's throne of glory to earth. So I want to ask you the same question. Do you mean to tell me that you traveled all the way from the Kisei Akavad to this world, an infinitely further trip from Poland than New York, just to sew a few buttons and to make some money? That was his Musser. And there's different versions of a story. The man broke down, or he, he understood, but it's Musser for us. We're here for a reason. It's ludicrous to think someone traveled from Poland to New York for a button. We're not here for a button either. We're here for a purpose. And Rav Lipa said, when I told this Gemara and Chagiga to Rishmuel in this story, Rishmuel cried. Because he, he felt it. He felt it. You think Rishmuel wasted his time? Rishmuel, Rishmuel knew why he was here. He, did, he wasn't here for buttons. But it, it impacted him. And he felt it. And that's an amazing, beautiful story. Um, the... On page 531, 533, I'm not going to quote it because, first of all, 532, there's a beautiful picture of Rishmuel holding his father's hand. Very, very beautiful. But anyway, um, basically they, they talk about some of the Zionistic views and some of the dangers of Zionism. You could read it. It's a very sensitive pe- chapter. And he basically just says that there's a lot of Tsarists that have come to Kali Israel from all the irreligious Zionistic practices. And, of course, Rishmuel's last battle was against um the army, and many other things, but beyond the scope. And again, I think that he masterfully and very carefully did a beautiful job in this book, really addressing it and not making it into bigger than what it is, not making it smaller than what it is as well. Um, so this is a very powerful story that really, really resonates with me. Page 551. Basically, this guy, um, uh, his son was going off a derrick, so he asked Rishmuel if he could visit, talk with his son. And Rishmuel spent a long time with the boy, and the boy started coming back. So the father came to Rishmuel to thank him and said, like, what did you do? So Rishmuel said, honestly, I did nothing. I just gave him attention and gave him some love. And the boy said to me, wow, I never in my entire life ever felt anyone that a Rebbe cared about me. And Rishmuel cried and he said, Nebuch, look at this boy. Now you know why he's off a derech. He never, he never had a Rebbe that loved him and cared about him. Shemirachim. A job of a parent is to love and, and, and care for a child. And a job of a Rebbe is to love and care for the child. Um... Page 575. Um, again, there's a lot of like historical stuff about like 1989 when Urshach uh, told Urshmuel to help found Degelat Torah and Urshach deeply trusted um, Urshmuel in everything, um, which is also really important. This is a story that rubbed me the wrong way, but I, I, I know how to take it with a grain of salt, but this, uh, this is what it is. Basically, the... Um, Rabbi Sion White's t- told over that his father-in-law, Rafal David Arbach, and Rishmuel um, went to speak together with the base Israel of Ger about a communal matter. And when they finished, Rafal David said to the Rebbe, my brother-in-law Rishmuel needs a bracha for children. As I mentioned, three of Rishmuel's children were not able to have kids. One of them was Rishmuel. The Rebbe was also childless. He stretched out his holy hand, giving Rishmuel a gentle push, and he said, I'll say it in Yiddish, Kinzer is nishfrons, mir trochen klai yisholen, oif Children are not for us. We're carrying Kalei on our shoulders. So that's a very wild statement that obviously needs a lot of you know, understanding. But Lamaisa, we don't understand Hashem's ways, but 
Rishmol dedicated his every fiber to, to being a father to thousands of Talmudim. There's another quote that also rubbed me the wrong way, but it was from Rishmol, but then I started to understand a little better. And he used to always say, Yeridus Adoras is not a Gezeris Akasif. Now, it rubbed me the wrong way because we're always taught that the people before us were better. It doesn't mean the imperfect people before us were better, but it means the Tzadikim, they're great people. You know, there's a certain greatness that even Rishmol Mazalman and other people have captured about the Gedolim and about previous generations. Very, very, even the simple people in some ways. But I guess the shot is that, yes, there's an element of people that the closer you are to Sinai, the greater you are. But there's also an element that, like, who said Eurydice Adoris has to be so extreme? I think that's what he meant. And I read it again, and I, I believe that's what. There's another quote from Roshach, which I think is brilliant, that they bring down, which is Pshara Gereris Pshara, which is so brilliant. One compromise leads to another compromise. If you keep living your life with concession after concession, concession, it's not always the right Eitzah either, which I think is very, very brilliant. And I've found that to be very true in many, many things. Um, I'll leave off with two last thoughts. Page um, 624 is very creepy. Basically, his Gabayim said that he knew he was dying, even though he was totally sick, he was totally well, and he ended up just passing away randomly on one day. Um, but basically, um, Rav Yosef Petrov, for example, said that he kept telling him, it's such a great chesed that Hashem gave me extra time to make a chesed nefesh and to review my life. Ay, it's a chesed, it hurts, which is also a tremendous muster. But... Um, it, it penetrates to the depths the amount of chuva I have to do. But I, that's just the I, I Don't be discouraged. I have to be happy. And I have to do chuva. And, and that's very, very scary. So the last thing is that, like I said many times, Rishmuel's um, legacy is one of tremendous amelis Torah, tremendous love. And it's sad. I think it was Atzazayetzer, but the last couple of years of his life, there's a lot of fanaticism that surrounded his Talmudim in some ways, and a lot of misunderstanding, but I think that overall my my time in his sukkah, in his house, and visiting him um, was always one of a very sweet man, very kind man, very, very, uh, a man who is totally dedicated to Kol Kula Torah, which I think is amazing and beautiful, and I think the more we surround ourselves with his memory, the greater people we become. So thank you for listening, and I hope this inspired you. Have a great day.